Yeah, and welcome to another edition of Fire in the Mountains. Ricky Wittenberg, Andy Waddell, and the returning Justin Edgel. And tonight we're going to go over episodes number 31 and 32 of Smoky Mountain Wrestling Television. And Justin, you uh, you missed the big uh, the big brouhaha show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back. And uh, the best thing about it, honestly, is this is the first show I can do with Brian Lee not being the fucking champion. There Thank God. <laughs> and on the other hand, it kind of sucks that I couldn't, you know, be there to celebrate with you guys a few weeks ago. Oh, but, we, we know, will. That's, that's how it goes. We'll fall back to that. Uh, Andy Waddell, how are you doing this week? I'm finer and higher on the frogs, ass. There you go. All right. So uh, we're going to kick it right off here in just a second. And tonight we're from Avery County High School in Newland, North Carolina. Andy, where do they find all these little piddly towns that Smoky Mountain ran in? They just got in the directory of high schools and went down the list in alphabetical order. That's why we're in Avery. There, yeah. That's actually, he may have done that. All right, so um, we got the first match tonight is the tag jobbers, Paul Lee and Mr. Mike Sampson against the newly crowned tag team champions, the Fantastics. And um, right off, I noticed that the Fantastics have forgotten to color coordinate. They did not confer with each other on the way to the building, Andy. Uh, One of them's wearing blue, and the other one's wearing red and white. And they really don't look very patriotic. No, but you got to remember, Jackie at this time was probably on the run from the law, so you you got to wear what you brought. All right, um, uh, Justin, it, you, you missed the Fantastics winning the tag team titles. Uh, what did you think about the uh, the Fantastics beating the bodies in the last episode? Uh, well, it proves to be temporary, but we'll get into that later. But I mean, it, it was it was all right to see somebody else. It, it was surprising for sure. Because I thought the bodies would have like this big long run, especially Cornette bringing them in and all that. But, uh, I mean, whatever. maybe the most surprising thing is Jackie Fulton wasn't in jail at this point. Well, that's true. That's probably the only reason, you know, obviously it's the only reason why they wanted it. But, it, uh, <laughs> it was a different time. So, the, so that's exactly right. We always have, anytime we have Paul Lee in a match, he's strutting. And uh, he's strutting all over the place. Bobby Gibson, hey, the universal. Hey, 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 that's the, that? the biggest thing about Paul. I wanted to say that Paul Lee, he's a jobber now. He kind of sort of was, but now he's a jobber for sure. Well, I kind of liked him because I, I thought he was a better nation, Buddy Lindell, since Buddy's on hiatus, obviously. <laughs> Buddy, is a, <laughs> he's on Freebird Mountain. Buddy puts right high in hiatus, okay? <laughs> He's the only guy that can make it snow in July. <laughs> That's right. Sorry to interrupt you. I, I, I forgot. I wanted to say that. Sorry about that. <laughs> so Bobby Fulton, he does this um, universal sign to kiss his hind end because uh, Paul Lee's strutting and, and Bobby's not impressed. But I do like this double spot that they do in the match, even though this is a jobber match. He does that spot where he gets a hold of Lee and he uses Lee's body to double team Mike Sampson where he does a uh, backdrop and then he does a flying head scissors with, with Lee. That's uh, You don't see that in wrestling too much anymore. I, that's actually a callback. I like that spot 
where they just make the jobbers look like complete morons. Um, there's not a lot you can say about this match. They're they're hopping up a new hold early in the match that they've went to Japan and learned this great new hold. And I mean, when I hear you went to Japan and you learn a great new hold and and you're the Fantastics, I'm thinking maybe they've they've seen Jushin Thunder Liger do a Liger bomb or. Or they're watching some kind of a uh, Frankensteiner type move or a slingshot suplex. And then to end the match, Andy, what's the new move? Well, see, you have a problem with it. It's an oriental sleeper. It's not a regular sleeper. It's an oriental sleeper. It, it, it's, it's nuanced. You have to look at the nuances of this and how different it is. It's a much better move than just a regular sleeper. It's oriental. Yeah, it's a sunshine way of looking up the asshole way of looking at it. Well, it just was. watch. I mean, just watch one, one um, match by Brutus Beefcake. Period. Uh, anytime that Brutus Beefcake has anything better than anyone else in the entirety of wrestling, including That's pure shit, including the Yeti or the Shockmaster or anybody, and you say that Brutus Beefcake done it better. You are really putting <laughs> you're putting somebody down at that point. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I made, I made my case. Made your case. Okay, so the Fantastics, um, they win with the Oriental Sleeper. And then uh, to, to add further flavor to it, Bobby Fulton smacks him in the back of the neck to wake him up after the uh, match is over. And Keep that pimp hand strong, Bobby. All right, so we... This maybe it should have been Jackie Fulton that learned how to apply the Oriental sleeper because then he could have smacked his women awake after he. His, never mind. He was years ahead of Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah, Cosby needed some pills. Uh, he just needed the Oriental sleeper. Now Cosby started in the seventies, didn't he? Sixties. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess we don't we don't we don't know about that. Do allegedly, we? allegedly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. All right, so we go to highlights of Ronnie Garvin and Paul Orndorff from last week, and then we go to the desk with Garvin and Bob. And oh god, so Ronnie Garvin says he's been trying to get out of wrestling in one piece. That this was supposed to be one night only, and then Ronnie Garvin, in his own words, says, and I quote: "It's very obvious by the way he wrestles that he wants to pile drive me." I don't know how to take that any other way. <laughs> Any other way except the way that you would imagine that somebody would take that statement in 2016. <laughs> it was it, it ensued with me laughing uh, hysterically. I I kind of always thought there was a wasn't there always a rumor about Ronnie Garvin anyway. Um, or am I or am I mistaken? I, I could be. I mean, I don't. Ronnie Garvin's always been like a rugged man's man to me. Maybe Jimmy Garvin. Oh, that okay. Uh, gorgeous That's Jimmy Garvin, but I mean, hey, he was married to Precious, and she was pretty much a ten. So I'm not going to rag on Jimmy Garvin either. Anyway, so uh, the whole point of this know, is irrelevant. Is Paul Orndorff uh, wants to be pile drive? Pro- no, he wants to pile drive Ronnie Garvin, and possibly wants to be pile drived at the same time. I don't know. And uh, Orndorff comes fly- flailing out there, and uh, they break him up. Garvin says that this isn't the time or the place. Which is kind of weird because usually the baby face is the one wanting to fight right then and the heel's the one running away saying it's not the time or the place. 
So that was a little bit confusing in itself. The whole the whole promo was confusing, but very entertaining. Andy? But, you know, for what Smoky Mountain's been doing, though, this seems to be a pattern. The baby face ends up looking more like the heel than he does the baby face. Well, I don't think Ronnie Garvita, you know, looks like a heel, but he kind of looks like a pussy. Right there. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, most time, like you say, that's the spot that's reserved for the heel is, you know, yeah, I'd whip your ass, but, you know, not right now. We'll, we'll do it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Later, it's yeah. on. We're going to wait till the next lunar eclipse, and then it's on, buddy. <laughs> that's right. I will send your ass into eclipse. Uh, so, Justin, uh, what did you think about this? Man, I kind of say what I, I mean, it, it was pretty funny. A lot of uh, overtones in it, I guess. Yeah. I'll just be nice and just say that. Yeah. And, uh, and and then Ronnie Ronnie Garvin, he he, that was probably one of his best promos he's had because he's he he kind of does suck at. Uh, oh, should I say yeah, that? No. Suck, on, suck on the mic. Yeah. But uh, anyway. <laughs> All right. So uh, out of this, we go to the desk with Bob and Dutch. And uh, the look on Dutch's face, I don't know what happened prior to this segment starting, but Dutch has that look of somebody that just took that blast of snow. I mean, he looks like uh, he he comes straight out of Buddy Landell's trailer <laughs> and sat down. <laughs> and that uh, that that will definitely be in our video or in our uh, one of our picture highlights of the week is the expression on Dutch Mantel's face. So we show highlights of the Dirty White Boy and Lee title switch, and then uh, the Mongolian idiot attacking Lee at the TV tapings. And Armstrong, and yes, Justin, he's back. It's back. (laughs) 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 The shirt has returned. You met the one freaking week that Bob Armstrong doesn't wear that shirt is the one week you don't do the show. And you come back on, and he's got the shirt back on once again. Yes. Unbelievable! Yeah. Same fucking, same fucking outfit once again. I guess he probably only has about two or three. So yeah, I mean at least at least he did change it up for one week. And um, yeah, one, I didn't have one in poster too. One I mean, poster. how cheesy as hell. I mean, what? It's just how that's just how it is. I kind of like it. So Lee says that he's trying to figure out what's going on, and Lee says that he's in a state of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> Truer words were never, ever spoken. <laughs> and he says if a busload of guys come to take him out, that he's going down with them. And I That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I don't exactly understand. I don't think he understands the concept of what he said. But we're going to have one better later than that, which is really surprising that you can top that one. Um, well... My biggest problem with this whole thing is they keep referring to it as this some big guy come out and attacked him, and I'm like, he's a foot shorter than Lee. What the hell? It's not like you had Andre the Giant coming out there and destroying him. No, but he's got something in that elbow. Uh, something, <laughs> that's, something that's very foreign. I mean, maybe, hell, he's got the oriental elbow. We already have the oriental sleeper. Maybe this guy's the guy that taught Tommy Rogers the Oriental Sleeper and the Fantastics have the bounty out on Brian Lee. That would be an either, interesting plot twist. Either that or this guy come from England and he's the original Bullhammer. <laughs> Possibly. Okay, so we... I don't even give a shit who it is. 
Just take him out for real in real life. I kayfabe or nothing. Just do it for real. You're going to like who it is. I promise that. And I think I have a good idea, but I'm not going to say who it is. Yep, uh, uh, it's who I think. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be a good payoff. Match number two: Tommy Angel and Killer Kyle. Oh God Almighty, Killer Kyle. Okay, so Cornette is at least out with Killer Kyle to make him slightly more tolerable, and uh, they they hop up that he's got another new finishing move. So this is two new finishers in the first two matches. So uh, I guess it's rest in peace, rub out. And uh, the mullet, uh, I like mullets, the, at least the mullet on Tommy Angel more than this this clean-shaven haircut that he's got. It, it, it makes him look 25 years older. Uh, usually the mullet don't sell, but Tommy Angel, the mullet worked for him. And this is definitely a squash match. Killer Kyle no sells all of Angel's offense, and then, then he does this weird, awkward kick that, I could not do justice. You'll just have to watch the video. Cornette antagonizes the fans. Killer Kyle pummels Tommy Angel. I mean, you know, I, I made a note that Tommy Angel really shouldn't be getting destroyed like this. I know he's he's like a lower mid-carder, but he's not a total jobber, and they're just making him just a complete jobber here. And Killer Kyle's just absolutely destroying him. And he gives him the rub out, and that don't pin him. And then, Justin, we get Killer Kyle's new finisher. Uh, unveil it for our audience. Would you like to name it? Ooh, 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 ooh. I have a name. Go ahead. Yes, Andy. Yeah, I, I don't. I... I would like to name this move the KKK. The Killer Kyle Colonoscopy. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Killer Kyle colonoscopy finishes um, poor Tommy Angel. And just in case you don't know what uh, the actual move is, it's basically a reverse bear hug where he thrusts his hips into his dying opponent. And um, that's the nicest way I can say what the finisher <laughs> is. It's a, it's a reverse bear hug where he kind of just hump, dry humps his opponent. Ain't nobody humping around. All right, so that, we we get that, and, and yes, one of our uh, one of our loyal uh, listeners asked us to you know he said he was going to be happy when we got to this episode to see what we thought about Killer Kyle's new finisher. I will say at least if with this move. I don't think that he's going to kill himself like he does every time he tries to attempt the rub out. So it is safer. It is safer. And uh, Andy, what uh, the, is there anything that you'd like to add to this uh, abomination of a match? Well, the only thing I can figure he has a great like modified power slam maneuver he does. Why not use that for your finisher? Yeah. It looks like you really kill somebody. It looks awesome, no. and he hits it a lot, and it looks good. Yeah, you're like, match is over right there. He has just crippled this person. He ain't getting back up. You know That should be his finisher, not the rub out or the KKK. You know, But I don't know. Like I say, it's still early in the promotion, so maybe they'll get it straightened out. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm back. It, I got it back now. All right, Justin's back. Yeah, so I was just gonna. I, the only thing I was gonna say was like, I mean, the whole. I don't know. 
You're at a loss for words with Killer Kyle. <laughs> so it's like Dixie Dynamite comes out here. He's got a chair. And uh, Killer Kyle no-sells two chair shots. And, I mean, they're actually not light. He actually lays them into him, and Killer Kyle no-sells them. Cornette pulls him out of the ring, and by God, we have the Goldberg push. Free Goldberg. Andy, um, uh, what do you think about the, the Goldberg push for, for Mr. Kyle? I, I'm, I don't know. I, it's another one of those... He seems more like a mid-carder that you might develop into a star, but they're giving him a little bit too much credit to start off with. Like you say, Tommy Angel, yeah, he's he's no great wrestler, but it, it shouldn't have been that easy, and he no-sells everything. It's not like, you know, one or two moves get through like normal, but no, he, he no-sells everything. So I don't know if he just wasn't good at taking bumps at the time or what, but... <laughs> I don't know. It just feels off. Ask Buddy Landell how, how to take a bump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Justin. So now he's a master. He's a master at it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, th- there's not much else we can really say here about the, the match. Killer Kyle's getting, he's going to get the monster push though. It looks like it's starting and at least he's got Cornette with him. So I can watch him to entertain myself when Killer Kyle's doing some really stupid things in the ring. Yeah, Killer Kyle still, I mean, he's still entertaining to me because he's so non-believable, so. Oh, yeah. And, and lame and a shitty wrestler. So, hey, get, hey, gives us stuff, stuff to talk about, that's for sure. Yeah. Now back to the desk with Bob, Dirty White Boy, and Ron Wright. And uh, Ron Wright says that nobody's worth getting in, worth getting in the ring with Dirty White Boy. So they took everybody's name and put them in a hat for a title shot. The Dirty White Boy was honored to use Dutch's hat to draw the name. So they put, he says that he puts the top 10 contenders for the title in a hat. And the random draw was uh, Nitro Danny Davis. And uh, the crickets are are chirping. (laughs) But uh, but I I do like this. I, I. that bad outfit wearing piece of garbage. Okay, so he must he must he must have some in with uh, Bob Armstrong. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, I do like the angle though. I really do like where they're going with this because I don't. Uh, Tim, I liked. I really I do like Tim Horner. Is we do crack on him some, but I like him. And he's not really to me a top level guy. He's more like a if they had a TV title. He'd have been like the TV title kind of guy, but he he's he's popular enough to where he is believable that he should get a title shot, and he's the fans like him, and I like the way they're building him up as an underdog without really shoving it down our throats that he's the ultimate underdog. Andy, what do you what do you think about the angle in general? I like I say it's been so many years since I've. Uh, seen Smoky Mountain Wrestling that I don't remember a lot of what goes on but I mean come on you're putting top 10 contenders in there and nobody else sees them but you and you draw out the name like you say it it gives you that he's getting screwed over feeling without being just blatant about it I I like the way they're setting it up yeah I mean they're not uh, they're they're actually kind of letting this um, storyline play out 
that Tim Horner just can't get the dirty what? white boy to answer him? Is he really dodging him? Who knows? Did the dirty white boy really put ten names in the hat? We don't know. But I mean, and when we get to the match, I actually had an idea that would would probably help Danny Davis that they don't go with. But we'll get around to that. So we. Yeah, no. And the bottom line is, it, it, it make and make sure that um, at least for the time being, that Brian Lee doesn't win the damn thing right back, like the tag title. Well, yeah, I mean he's he's later. in fear for his life right now, and he's got a bounty on his head. <laughs> right, which is great. Yeah, he, he can do that. <laughs> shit, you know? He's in a state of confusion, Taylor. He's Come in on. a state of confusion. Well, of course, he's been confused his whole whole freaking run so far. So. So the uh, down and dirty with Dutch is the contract signing for the tag titles, and Cornette actually turns around and he's put up twenty thousand dollars against Fantastics. Bobby Fulton says it's not about the money, and then he says twenty thousand dollars is a lot of money, so they're going to sign the contract. Um, <laughs> God, can they make the baby faces look any more stupid? <laughs> it's not about the money, but by God, twenty thousand dollars is a lot of money. I'm going to sign. <laughs> uh, if it's not about the money, I mean, Cornette could have just insulted him or insulted their mama again, and then just made him mad enough to sign it. Without that, that makes was, him look brain dead. My God. Anyway, Armstrong say, Armstrong says he's not going to take a check from Cornette that he wants cash money. And uh, Cornette says the Fantastics they're going to choke on that twenty thousand dollars. He wants a no DQ clause. So Bobby whispers some sweet nothings into Armstrong's ear, and uh, Armstrong uh, tells everybody that the tennis racket is banned from ringside. So it's a no-DQ match with no tennis rackets. Okay. And um, whatever. Yeah, what the, well, what does that mean? This guy, I'm telling you. It, well, Brian, Brian Lee, Bob Armstrong, I don't know. You, should I flip a coin? Now, now Bob is just he, – he actually is doing this on the bequest – of the Fantastics. So let's let's put that off on the Fultons. Oh, I got you. And the, ma- right. the match is on TV next week. So, that yeah, I mean, my God, title match, no DQ next week, then it'd be covered next episode. Cornette, throw, he throws a fit. He signs a contract anyway. Love the segment. I just, I, I really, you can't go wrong with Cornette too much. And uh, that's kind of exciting, knowing when we was watching this episode, knowing we'd have that one to review also. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, of course, uh, you know, like I said, uh, Cornette and Dutch, they make the whole segment, of course. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I, I noticed that um, Jackie, he was just staring in the crowd looking for some young tail again. So what else is now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. and Bobby was wearing some kind of nightgown-looking thing. I couldn't, I couldn't figure that one out. I, what the hell? Well, appa- well, well, apparently he's drunk. He's a drunk. So, <laughs> well, f- yes. <laughs> so, match, match number three: Nitro Ooh. Danny Davis against the Dirty White Boy, Smoky Mountain title on the line. So tonight, Davis is dressed in black and white stripes, um, better than the couch uh, look that he has going on. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Ah, good, good. Yes, Beetlejuice. Very good. That that would be what I would call that outfit, the Beetlejuice outfit. Bob says that he don't mean to make fun of oh, it, shit. but Nitro is an explosive individual. <laughs> Here we go. I know. I'm telling you know. I'm thinking if the FCC was more strict back then. <laughs> I'm going to say this earlier. 
I think I think uh, SMW might have been taken off air. <laughs> it's just like Howard Stern. Quite possible. So Davis gets some offense in quick, uh, quick on the dirty white boy. Tim Horner comes out to the desk, and this, this, whether the match would have been good, bad, ugly, indifferent, don't matter to me. The probably one of the highlights of these two episodes is Tim Horner on commentary with Dutch Mantel because Bob gives up his headset, and Dutch Mantel absolutely kisses Tim Horner's ass the entire match. He tells yes. Tim that he is the number one contender. But then he asked him if he can beat him, and then Horner, he goes back into that. He just wants a chance. Yep. And um, Ron Wright, toward the end of this match, hands Dirty White Boy a, some sort of foreign object. Dirty White Boy, he blasts Danny Davis with it, and Davis explodes all over the mat into heat, and Dirty White Boy pins him. Horner runs down to the ring and challenges him, and Dirty White Boy bails out. And then as soon as Horner's in the ring, Dutch says that Horner's full of bull and the dirty white boy ain't dodging nobody. And my God, Dutch Mantel, you, heels now think they have to think they've got to be cool. They can't, they can't back down from the baby face. They, they've got to have an edge. They kind of got to be popular and, and be hated at the same time. Nobody plays that just flat out wuss better than Dutch Mantel. I mean, he was all in. Just kissing complete ass when he had to. But then as soon as the guy leaves, he turns just, just turns it around. And that segment was awesome. Just watch the match for the commentary. Yeah, yeah you don't even have to watch the match. You, you can turn the video of it off and just listen. It, it, I mean, it would even make a great radio show. But love him or hate him, you got to admit, Horner is shameless in his pursuit of the title. <laughs> Uh, Justin, what did you uh, think about great, all this? Great cliche there, I guess, sir. Is that what you call it? Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, it was a good match, but I guess for the most, I mean, I like that dirty white boy. I think, I, I think he's probably at least, I mean, he's obviously the champion. Uh, he's at least top two or three favorites of mine. And then of course, Dutch, he makes all the matches. It doesn't matter if it's a shitty match or a good match. The dude just—he gets it. Period. Oh, I mean, I—I I, I think he—I I think even he's almost like, even like modern day, you could make it as an announcer. I really believe that. Oh yeah. I mean, I've—we've seen how many? What? 31, 31 episodes now. Well, yeah. I mean. Well, you do so. know that SmackDown needs a color commentator right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Because it. Uh, Edo Lawler or whatever the, the, hitting his little the, young wife again or something. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. but you're right. I mean, he, 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 he's good. He's just good. All right. And to get serious for just a second, here was my idea. That, serious sucks. Yeah. Well, but I like, let's go with this. See if, see if you like uh, where <laughs> I'm going to take this. Okay. So we, we know that the dirty white boy in theory drew Danny Davis's name out of a hat, but in the next episode, which I'm going to skip forward for just a second. I don't usually do this. Tim Horner basically accuses Dirty White Boy of he don't know whose name's in the hat. So in a backhanded kind of way, Tim Horner sort of kind of said that he knew the Dirty White Boy knew that he could take care of Danny Davis. So what I would have happen if I was fantasy booking this now, just looking back, because Danny Davis is a he's a great heel. He always has been. He was he was awesome with as one of the nightmares. 
I would have it slowly simmer, and then maybe the next week Danny Davis come out and say, you know, Tim, are you are you saying that I wasn't good enough to fight, you know, the dirty white boy? And Horner Horner could obviously say, no, man, that's not what I meant at all. And they could play on that a couple of weeks, and then by the time Horner eventually gets this big shot with the dirty white boy, the way I'd end it all is Danny Davis come out there and just absolutely freaking kill Tim Horner and set up a nice upper mid-card feud with Danny Davis with a purpose against Tim Horner. That's where I would go with this whole thing. Andy, what uh, do you, is that off the deep end, or, or do you kind of see where I'm trying to head with that? Oh, no, that makes perfect sense, especially have it to be where Horner, I mean, like you say, he has the title one, he's he does the natural bridge, and then Danny Davis just comes in and obliterates him, hits him with chairs and screaming at him, you don't think I'm good enough, you know, just going completely nuts. I, I could see that working. That, that That's probably where they should have went with it. Yeah, anyway. I don't know where they go with it, but that's probably where they need to. I don't know. It's, it's just it, one of those things that's so subtle. And I know that they didn't. It just seems like you could build on that. Danny Davis was a heel. Oh God! Just that is so <laughs> not believable. At least, at least, well, at least from what I've seen, obviously, you know, of him, he he looks like a a clown to be quite honest, and you know, screaming into the crowd, trying to get reaction, doesn't work. But uh, no, he was a he was an awesome heel as a member of the they, Nightmares. With, so what what what, what um, promotion was that in? Uh, a lot of it was around the Florida territories, Continental, Alabama. Okay. So okay. we'll I, we'll 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 direct you to some of the videos of the of the nightmares. Sure. So yeah, it, Danny Davis was a he was a good heel back in the day. So that could have worked. Kyobi does turn heel just so I can see how how it is. You know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, match number four. Now we get the stud stable. Our guys, main event against the Rock and Roll Express. And just like always, the Rock and Roll Express gets the pop. Uh, fans go crazy. I mean, there's this one person, uh, camera side front row. I didn't make a note. But when they, the music hits, they go into this gyration slash dance <laughs> that makes Pat from episode two. It just puts poor Pat to shame, and that woman could dance. I don't know what kind of gyrate. It looked like the woman had the Holy Spirit and a mouse in her ass at the exact same time. She was moving. <laughs> I mean, the Rock and Roll Express brings this out of people <laughs> that just don't that, that, that don't happen. I mean, they get that reaction from from the fans. And uh, Andy, which makes no, it doesn't even make any sense. I mean, he's I mean, Ricky Morton's all right, but Robert Gibson. It's just, I would think that it would put you put people to sleep. It's the aura, God's sake, of the Rock and Roll Express. It's just the aura, Andy. Yeah, I guess so. You're a bigger. I mean, I liked the when I was younger. Oh, yeah. I liked them, but you're a big. Explain it. I mean, what what is Spont- it about them? What is spontaneous it? orgasm is what happened to the poor lady in the front row. She wasn't ready for <laughs> the magnificence that is the Rock and Roll Express. I don't know because he. You've got Morton. What you think? <laughs> <laughs> You've got Morton. He's the talker. He's you know the blonde, supposed to be the good look. You know he's a little bit littler, a little bit faster. You know Robert is the one you kind of feel sorry for, but he feels in real good. They've got a good chemistry, and let's face it, by ninety two, ninety three, we were just getting eighties music around here. So I mean, you know, <laughs> it worked out good for us. Okay, well, here's an analogy. Uh, R- Ricky Morton is nineteen. 
1956 Elvis, and Robert Gibson is 1982 Elvis. <laughs> yes, yes, that be yes, that will work. I, several yeah. years after he's dead. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's Elvis, and everybody loved Elvis the pelvis, and that's why that woman had an orgasm. Yeah, yeah, it didn't matter. He was, I mean, he was the king. It didn't matter. He's, he's still Robert Gibson by God. So, um, the okay, so Bob just absolutely. Um, okay. Bob, Bob Donnell, anyway. <laughs> he absolutely makes fun of Dutch Mantel and I love it because he says, you was kissing up to Tim Horner. He said, you acted like you wanted to hug his neck and Bob, that was great. <laughs> the, the awkward silence from Dutch. It was one of those where you don't even have to see it. You, that's one of those other ones. You can just hear it. And we don't see his reaction, but you know that his reaction is he's contemplating killing Bob Cottle on national television. <laughs> he's he's just wishing that he's that, that, Carl Stiles. Yeah, he, he probably had took the headset off because it did tickle him. And, and that's the that's the good thing about this uh, duo here is Cottle is usually so straight laced that when he does veer off and get Dutch, it makes it that much better. I mean, you can't help but laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's all rock and roll express early in this match. I mean, they beat the stud stable pillar to post. I make a note that Robert Gibson is absolutely the highest paid male cheerleader of all time. (laughs) All he does. I mean, they clean house early that, uh, 32nd burst of, uh, explosiveness. And then he's outside on the ring apron for basically the rest of the match until Ricky Morton gets the hot tag. Like always. And once he does get the hot tag, it breaks out into a four-man brawl. They shove the ref around, and we get a double disqualification. So the TV main event ends in a no contest, but, I mean, that kind of really is the way you should have ended that match. You don't want to give away a pinfall over the stud stable on uh, a TV episode. Yeah. See, see, that goes back to showing the difference between then and now. You know, then they didn't give up a pin. Now they want to go so far the other way and make sure it's 50-50 all the way up to a pay-per-view. And I, that irritates me more than having a double DQ or a double count out or them fighting through the crowd or something. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's not a lot to say. The match was fine. It was shorter than most of them because, obviously, it's a TV match. But uh, I love the stud stable and the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton, he's you, know, you can't go wrong watching a Ricky Morton beat down. Yeah, he, he's a good. I mean, he's definitely the by far the better worker of the two. I mean, it's not even close. But you know, I I don't get the fascination with the whole group. But that's just me. I guess it's because I'm a damn Yankee. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, and, and we go to the local promos, but then here's something that caught my attention: the hotel accommodations for that episode of Smoky Mountain were provided by the Holiday Inn, and the slogan, their slogan, is "Stay with someone you know." Now, knowing wrestlers and knowing wrestling and knowing Ricky Morton and some of the uh, stories we've heard over the years. I think the slogan that weekend was it was for the it actually was a slogan for the wrestlers rats, and the slogan actually is stay with someone you blow. 
That was the slogan that uh, was incorporated that weekend. I, I don't think they could put that on the TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. If you ever watched uh, Honky Tonk Man's uh, shoot interviews, he, he, he has a pretty good uh, shoot on all the wrestlers having, you know, having their rats. He said, if you know, if, I think the, the, the exact quote was, if a, if a wrestler says he doesn't have a rat, he's a lying motherfucker. Is what he said. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, and uh, you know, so, lock him or not, saying. I'm pretty sure he's he shoots fairly straight. And I, yeah, he, I don't. He's know. awesome. He's great. I, I think he's actually the guy that tells the story about. Uh, or no, it's a no. I'm not going to tell that story. <laughs> it's a story that we about, discussed about, about the genius. Uh, no, no, no. The uh, Lanny Poffo. The the glass table and the hooker and Jimmy. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. But I'm yeah. sure if I just saying that, there's going to be people that's listening to this that knows exactly what I'm talking about. And that's sure. a, <laughs> I'm going to stop there. Yeah, we will just dump that right there. <laughs> Buzzinga! All right. So the desk, desk with Bob Cottle and the Rock and Roll Express. And uh, all the nice fans, God Almighty, that's all Gibson can say. All these nice fans and points around and and looks in eighteen different directions as he's doing it. And he says that he's gonna, it's gonna be. Listen to this fan. It's gonna be a long day in hell when you beat the rock and roll. It's cold. It's gonna be a cold day in hell. I don't know what a long. I'm gonna imagine if you're in hell, all days are gonna be pretty long. You you wondering eyed moron. You can't. You can't even get the the punchline right. No wonder you don't talk. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I mean, I already alluded to this before. Before I think in, in earlier shows, but how the hell did this Xanax Gibson really ever make it? Um, he's just bored. He sucks as a wrestler. He sucks on the mic. Ricky Morton was that reference that's again. All, that's all yeah, you I mean, and that, I know that's the thing. Ricky Morton carried him, like when he was doing that. Singles wrestling in the very beginning of this promotion, he was horrible. I mean, he got good pop because he was part of the Rock and Roll Express, apparent, you know, obviously. I, Gosh, I, I can't explain it, but he, he, he rides the coattails of Ricky Morton. Period. I mean, there's nothing more to be said. Day, he, he still he he was smart enough to hang on. That's that's all there is to it. And he's riding it to this well, day, fellas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, he's still riding. Oh, it to good this for day. him, I guess. Uh, okay, so we are out of episode 31 of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back and cover one more episode tonight, episode number 32 of Smoky Mountain TV. You're listening to Fire in the Mountains. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. What's up, everybody? This is Kevin Kelly. Make sure you check out every episode of The Kevin Kelly Show right here on the place to be nation place to be nation.com the kevin kelly show every episode is a winner at least we hope place to be nation's justin rosero here in addition to the kevin kelly show we have a ton of great podcasts available to you on itunes and place to be nation.com you can check out scott criscolo and me on the mothership the place to be podcast with our famous vintage vault pay-per-view reviews ptbn also covers current day wrestling with main event mission indie possible 
and our monthly pay-per-view reaction shows with immediate feedback on WWE, NXT, and Ring of Honor Super Shows. And relive wrestling's past with our monthly pay-per-view rewind series, led by Ben Morse, and the Dangerous Alliance Wrestling Podcast as we dive into various subjects in the form of exercises and games. we got sports covered, too, with the Sports Evolution Mega Show with Scott, Dr. G, Cowboy, and Cowboy Sr., the Kings of Sport, led by Live Audio Wrestling's godfather, Nate Milton, as well as the NBA Team Podcast and the TJ McClune Show. PTBN tackles pop culture and irreverence with Richard and the Mailman, the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour Spectacular. And if you like a hybrid of all of this in list form, check out Jordan Duncan's Rank and File. All of these shows are available on PlaySubination.com, where we cover pro wrestling, sports, movies, comics, plus tournaments, and more. We want to thank our friends at Bonehead's Wing Bar in West Warwick, Rhode Island, and Fall River, Massachusetts, and Scott Keats Blog of Doom. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr as well. PlaySubination.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. This is Parv, and I'm here to tell you to listen and subscribe to the pro wrestling only Place to Be Nation podcast network. That's the PWO PTBN podcast network, where you'll find a ton of in depth shows done by hardcore fans. We've got Chris Zellner's One Two Punch of Exile on Bad Street, and with David Bickenspan, a smash hit between the sheets. We've got Wrestling Culture with Dylan Hales and Dave Musgrave. Goodwill Wrestling and the reaction shows with Good Old Will from Texas. We got This Week in Wrestling with my man Pete and Johnny Sorrow. Stephen Graham and Tim Livingston's Pro Wrestling Super Show. Tag Teams Back Again with Kelly and Marty Sleaze. And a ton of other great shows too. And of course, there's Titans of Wrestling and Where the Big Boys Play with yours truly and some dude from down south called Chad. PWO, PTBN, Podcast Network. Yeah, and welcome back to Fire in the Mountains, Ricky Winberg, Andy Waddell, Justin Edgel, and we now are going to hit episode number 32 of Smoky Mountain Wrestling Television. We're at the same freaking place, Newland uh, Avery County High School. Bob and Dutch at the desk. Dutch is jumping around. I mean, literally jumping in the opening segment. Bob's previewing the show, and Dutch is doing some calisthenics, I think. I think he may have dipped into the Freebird Mountain stuff. Yes. He looked like a Mexican jumping bean. Yeah, Hector Guerrero's not even yeah. around. Yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, Buddy Landell is out back. Who knows? It's possible. So, match number one, uh, we got Robbie Eagle. And, boy, he's wearing an atrocious ring attire. And um, he's fighting Tim Horner, and the Dirty White Boy comes out to the desk. And Dutch is with the Dirty White Boy, and he asks how long it's going to take to beat for Horner to beat Eagle. Dirty White Boy starts out in about 15 minutes. He, th- he thinks he might get him in 15 minutes. Then uh, finally he goes, well, he's probably not going to get him for 20 minutes. Dutch tells people to go get popcorn. It's going to be a while for Horner to dispatch a Robbie Eagle, and then he, he beats him in about two minutes. And as soon as he beats him, the Dirty White Boy just takes off from the desk. And Horner runs out, but uh, Dirty White Boy's already gone. So we're we're at the desk with uh, Bob and Tim, and Horner. That'd be a good heel, by the way. What now? Dirty White Boy is a good heel. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. what heels do. Yeah, right oh, like yeah. a coward. And they're pansies. Yeah, right. Exactly. Even though he is a tough guy, and uh, see, that's the thing. Right. You don't have but to. Still. You you don't have to always have that badass image to make it to still be one because right right there he runs like a coward and everybody knows that he's still a a big bad dude 
it don't really sure. diminish him at all. It just makes him look, you know, like he's running from Tim Horner, which yep. he is. So Horner comes out to the desk with Bob. He says that uh, they won't keep return that they will not return his calls. And uh, th- this angle could not play out right now because of the cell phone technology or tweet Twitter. They could be calling him out on Twitter every three or four minutes. <laughs> Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. He'd just send lightning bolts on tweet. He'd just be tweeting lightning bolts. Hashtag shameless. (laughs) Hashtag shameless. Yes, indeed. So Tim Horner said he's not sure. He had the FBI all over his ass these days. Oh, my God. That lightning bolt shit. Yeah. Yeah. We almost went into the the bad place with that last episode, Andy. You (laughs) You bailed me out of that one. You're welcome, sir. You're welcome. Yeah, just say it now. What the hell? Uh, Bring it it out. (laughs) Um, All right, so this is what we alluded to in the last episode. Horner says he's not sure his name is in the hat. And um, that's part of the angle, really like the angle where it's going. They could take it in a lot of different directions. We get a a several-minute highlight of the Fantastics and the Heavenly Bodies feud... And then we go to the desk with Jim Cornette. time. Yes, yeah. The, they play that feud up, but they've they've that is the main feud in Smoky Mountain, so they they kind of need to. And Cornette has they've got a briefcase, and uh, there's there's a poor guy that he's got a um, interesting haircut, Mister Robert J. Lacey, and he's VP of a bank in Morristown. And they hold open the briefcase to show the cash. And I can verify by working at a bank forever that the money is banded and actually teller stamped. You can see the teller stamps on the money and initials. So that was real money. And uh, I guess unless they got some elaborate fakes and teller stamped it to make it look real, I, I just can't imagine they'd go to that effort. But Right. You know, uh, first of all, this guy, he did, he had one of the worst, the most shitty rug I've ever seen. He is worse than Ted Koppel's. I don't know if you know who Ted Koppel is. He was on CBS News for a while. Yeah. He had the worst fucking rug ever. He's on nightly news. Well, and he tried to deny it. But anyway, uh, the, mon- the money actually, I don't know, it, it, it actually did look pretty real. It doesn't look like Monopoly money like we have these days, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, twenties look like Monopoly money, so yeah, they really do. So Bob Cottle, yeah, yeah, but but anyway, yeah, it looked real. Bob Cottle uh, then says that this match is going to be a Lulu. <laughs> Andy, um, what is we're, what we're is from, that? We're, Come on, we're from the dirty south. We we have uh, we know what a scuttle hole is. We know what a, a lot of these interesting words <sighs> okay. are. What is a Lulu? Okay, um, a Lulu, a Humdinger, a Jim Diggity, a Slobber Knocker, uh, you know, something along that lines. Okay, I just hadn't ever heard it called a Lulu before. Do I, I was even talking. I was even talking to Andy off air before. I've learned so much shit since <laughs> doing these shows with you guys. These all this Southern stuff, which is it's, it's a good thing. Well, it can, really is. You can move right on down here and just fit in. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, see. They call it a Lulu because when you get loopy, you know, you know, that's, that's what it's kind of meaning. Okay. It's going, it's going to be so crazy that you don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Well, that's true. It's, it's going to get crazy. 
So match number two of this is the $20,000 challenge. The Heavenly Bodies and the Fantastics for the titles. No disqualification. The Fantastics still do not have matching tots. This is bothering me way more than it should. <laughs> uh, it's bothering me. You're staring at their tots. Uh, well, I mean, I just want the color coordination. They're the tag team champions, for God's sakes. Yes, they need to look fabulous. They do need to look fabulous. Early on, Bobby Fulton, he clocks Pritchard with the bell. Lane, he's bleeding from the mouth a hard way, obviously. Uh Cup 22 minutes, 25 seconds into this, if uh, you're watching the YouTube uh, video. Tom Pritchard flies out of the ring and he hits the rail. And there is an old man that jumps up and he balls his fist up and he is ready to knock Pritchard back into the ring. And we don't see what happens. I guess Pritchard gets away. But that old man was ready to go. Andy, just, did you notice that? You don't, you don't mess with old Appalachian people. I mean, yeah, he was probably 70, 80 years old, but I guarantee you he was still out there working on the farm throwing hay bales. So, yeah, he might have had a chance to take him. He, he was going to give, uh, give um, Pritchard an impromptu. Yeah, he was going to give him what for? He, he's going to rip out his hair and Stan Lane when they had no more problems with hair at that point. <laughs> he could just use Pritchard's. <laughs> All right, so they keep showing the this. The, they keep showing the money in like a picture in picture, um, and the only thing I can think of is like, where is the what's, where is the money going to go? You can just remind us that the money's on the line without showing the picture of the money. All they're doing is anti enticing some crazy redneck <laughs> to go grab the briefcase and take off through the studio with it, with Jim Cornette breaking character and chasing him out into the parking lot. Yeah, and a four-man beatdown as the Fantastics and the Heavenly Bodies beat up some poor redneck. Together, and the VP of the bank. He will just take his rug off and shove it down the guy's throat. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, knowing what I know now, I'm surprised it didn't happen. Yeah, well, see, that's oh, the, that's crazy the innocence of 1992. We wasn't that forward thinking. <laughs> There's $20,000 <laughs> out there, Ethel. Let's go get it. <laughs> yeah. That'll well, buy a lot of that'll buy a lot of a lot of money. Big red, <laughs> <laughs> or red man, or or Budweiser. We can get our truck off the blocks. Come on, Boone's Farm. We'll just drive our house on over to the next state. Boone. We're going to move to the good trailer park. Yeah, they're they're going to move on up to the dirty white boy trailer park. They'll live in the junkyard. Well, well, actually, the buses are, that's that's high dollar shit, isn't yeah, it? Good living there, yeah. Shoot, we bury them and make storm shelters. True. <laughs> All right, so we this is a no disqualification match. And uh, I, I don't, sp spit out my beer there. <laughs> I don't Jeez. know why, what... Um, what the deal is, but it's a notice qualification match and the referee keeps getting in the way. He's making them tag, which if it's notice qualification, shouldn't they, shouldn't it almost just be like a, uh, Texas tornado match where anybody can be in. And then Bobby Fulton grabs a chair and he takes the chair away from Bobby Fulton for, for no apparent reason. Um, but I'm really lost at the booking in this match. It's like, why make it no DQ if, if you're going to stop everything that's illegal. 
Yeah, it was kind of lost there. I, I couldn't. That was distracting as hell. I couldn't figure that out. Well, the the match finally breaks down. The referee gets bumped. Another Mark Curtis comes in. He gets bumped too. Cornette sprays ether on a rag so everybody can I see. Why it. Mark Curtis is dead? He gets bumped so many times. I swear. And the, no comment. Cornette sprays ether on a rag. He chokes out Bobby Fulton. So we get a pin and new champions. And uh, I. After the match, Dutch says Bobby is a drunk, and he passed out. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, That's one of the best lines of the night. One of the one highlights of the, of the show. <laughs> but Dutch said that he's been drunk the whole match. He got so drunk, he just finally passed out. And <laughs> so we have new tag team champions once again. The Heavenly Bodies take the titles back from the Fantastics. Um. Pretty long match for TV, obviously, because it was a title match. I just, God almighty, at the booking. If they'd have just let them go all out and have a brawl, I'd have been much happier with this than the referee trying to stop everything because it was no freaking disqualification. Andy, why? I I have no explanation. It, did, I, it didn't make a lick of sense because, like I say, the last, what, two, three minutes of this match, made it worth it to watch because they finally just broke out into the brawl it was supposed to be. So I, I don't, but they do this. It seems like they've done this the whole time. They, they'll have like a pile driver match and they'll try to do a pinfall or they'll have a <laughs> submission match and try to do a pinfall. There's always something stupid taken away from the product for no apparent reason. I can't figure it out myself. Yeah. Uh, Justin, what do you think? Uh, the the yeah. bodies are right back on top. Yeah, it's brain dead booking to me. It really is. Um, I hate like I'll go back. I'll, I'll say like today and today's like WWE. I hate how like they'll do like a big event where somebody will win a title and then the next freaking day on Raw, it'll change hands again. I mean that's that's so silly to me. The booking made no sense. I mean, there's really nothing I can add to it, but. It, I mean, I agree with you guys. It's it's kind of sad. I mean, it, it, it was it was cool. I mean, I, I'm a fan of the bodies. Um, fan, you know, and I know they wanted the Fantastics to win it for a little bit, but they they, they should have. If they were going to do this, just keep it with the bodies for for however you know however long they were going to you know I, have yeah, their title. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's silly. It's silly to me. It's very silly. I mean, I well, guess the explanation is they had to send the fans home happy at uh, Fire on the Mountain, and the Dirty White Boy was going to win the world title, so they couldn't have that as the main event. Yeah, and then yeah. they had double heel wins. I, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That, that does make sense to me. You're right. If but you're, here, here's my biggest problem with it is they build this up of, you know, you made us wait so long to get our shot. We're going to make you wait. And they waited a grand total of, what, two weeks? I mean, and then it's not about yeah. the money, but uh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, we'll sign it. Yeah, The the whole thing, it was, they were more brain dead than Brian Lee. Yeah. Well, that's saying something. I'll tell yeah. you that. I don't know. It, it don't make sense. I would have actually just kept the title on the Fantastics a little bit longer. I know they don't have a lot of heel tag teams, but they could have went ahead. I know they want to have the Rock and Roll Express feud with the bodies for the titles, but what they could have done 
is at least have the Fantastics hold on to it for a little while longer, let them feud with the stud stable, get over that, let the bodies and somehow then the bodies get the titles back on a a random spot show and and then the then the bodies and the the uh rock and roll are fighting for the titles. But I don't let them keep it a little bit longer just to I don't know. It seems well, like that was too quick well, to switch. Longer than a week. Come on. Yeah. You know. Longer than a week. Yeah. So we have Darn and Dirty with Dutch right after the match and uh he's with the bodies. Cornette says that he's so choked up and happy He's, he's, yeah, he's sweating like a maniac. He is, he is sweating like a maniac. I mean, he, I thought he'd about to have a heat stroke or something out there, he, but yeah. in his $6 suit. But oh, yeah. anyway, he says that Bobby started bleeding and then he pulled out his first aid kit and disinfectant. And he was just trying to tend to Bobby Fulton. He says that Fulton passed out because he was a drunk. So Cornette reinforces Dutch Mantel's comment. And the uh, segment ends with Cornette swimming in that $20,000. They pour it out, and he just laying in it and swimming in the $20,000. Yeah, and depending on what his mama had to do for that money, I don't know if that's a good idea. No, no. See, and that's the other thing. We should have had them lose the $20,000. And the fantastic, because then Cornette's mama would have been mad. And yes. had to do something else. I mean, you could have uh, a Cornette, whole big angle yeah, about that. It, it just the mama's mad at him, and she's disowning him, and she never has to appear on TV because his mother never did appear. I mean, it, but it's still the whole premise of the fact that she sent him the money and he loses it. Then you've got a different kind of angle. I don't know. And then they get desperate and start just tormenting the Fantastics to get the match so they can get the money back and the titles and yada, yada, yada. I mean, there's so many ways they could have went with it. Yeah, I mean, kidnap Jackie, stuff him in a trunk, and then drive off and then have a camera crew follow him and eventually catch up, and they've dumped Jackie out beside the side of the road, and he's bleeding and laying there half dead. Then come back in three weeks and say, okay, it's not about the titles now. You tried to kill my brother, and we are going to take you out for good. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to uh, bash on Jim Cornette because I think he, he's booked pretty well, except that fuckstick, Brian Lee. But uh, other than that, he's been really good, and I think this, this was definitely a mistake, especially saying that, you know, I mean – that's you know the bodies were his, his tag team. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's he, he's done, he's done a good job for the most part. There's no doubt about it, especially in a promotion like this. Uh, and, so. and it's it really has been a short amount of time too. So yes, yeah, I know, I know. It's, it seems like longer for us, but yeah, it's only been less than a year, I guess. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah, less than a year. I mean, they they technically right. made those first tapings in October of '91. But, um, like when they showed them on TV, they didn't show them until like February. So we're, we're like into August. Mm -hmm. So really it's only been on TV six months. Right. Wow. Yeah. Seems longer, you know, I mean, it just seems longer for us. It's it's like a completely different promotion too, than from the beginning. I mean, we had the Koloffs and Rip Rogers and Paul. I know. I miss miss that dude. He oh, was yeah. Awesome. yeah. We had Carl. St- I mean, everything was different. So Carl Styles. He, he's in jail still. <laughs> he's, yeah, tra- taking care of those parking tickets. Yep. Mr. Mantel wouldn't come and get me. <laughs> All right. We're at the desk with Orndorff now. And uh, he's ba- basically it's that promo that he's going to take care of Ronnie Garvin once and for all. This is a little more subdued, Paul Orndorff. He'd, 
I do like it though that he don't always have to yell because I think the guys that yell all the time it just takes some of the meaning out of it. And one of the best promos in wrestling always has been Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts never raised his voice, but you paid attention to what he said. So I he, like, he I like it when they he whispered. Yeah, so I yeah. kind of like it that he changed it up. I mean, and, this is not a hyper Paul Orndorff. This is a uh, a reserved Paul Orndorff. And just as a side note, I know this is a little bit off topic, but since you brought it up, if you get the chance to watch the resurrection of Jake the Snake, watch it. Oh my God, it is absolutely awesome. absolutely incredible. It's awesome. You're exactly right. I just watched it a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, I saw it too. It's uh, it's, it's awesome. Scott or Diamond Dallas Page is, I don't know. <laughs> He's a wizard. A, God, he a, God, a godsend if you believe in that stuff. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, um, highlights of Lee in a Texas death match with the Dirty White Boy in Knoxville. And <laughs> he's going to be on there for a while. Uh, the mystery guy attacks Lee again. Lee and the Dirty White Boy with Armstrong at the desk. And um, Brian Lee says they better check Charles Manson's cell for the love of God. And Charles Manson, if, I think he'd have better things to do than try to take out Brian Lee if he breaks out of jail. I don't know if he's been watching Smoky Mountain. That might be the first thing on his list. Um, well, that's, that's always a possibility. So there's a cryptic letter that got sent to Bob Armstrong basically saying that Armstrong has done this guy wrong okay. and he's coming in. And he's going to take care of things. And, God, I can't wait because I know, like, I, I don't always remember all the angles, but I know who's coming. And I know that it's a good deal. It's it's a big deal. So I'm happy about that. Um, and what else can you say? It's Brian Lee, and he's he's paranoid that somebody's going to off him, which, which is a good angle. I just hope there comes a day that we can do a show. That we don't have to mention this miserable fuck. <laughs> I'll just end it there. Um, it'll happen eventually. So, local promo with the studs. Did he actually he gets killed? <laughs> no, no, he's uh, he, he makes it, yeah. but uh, he he's not always he, on there. He does get on drugs and joins a biker gang or something. Best I remember, but you know. no. It, yeah, yeah. That's in the WWE. That's led in WWE, I think. Yeah. Or F or whatever that is. And he becomes called. a fake Undertaker also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So local promo with Stud Stable. And the only reason I mentioned this local promo, because Robert Fuller tells <laughs> Phil Ramey during the interview, he says, hold that mic up, little feller. <laughs> and and Ramey looks like um, he is very intimidated by Robert Fuller. <laughs> He don't want to. He don't want to mess with him, and he calls him little feller several times. And um, to, you know, Robert Fuller is one of these guys that uh, he probably could call most people, including John Holmes, little feller. That's true. And you got to remember the interviewer dude. You know, he's about eye to eye with little Robert. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's, oh, not much, he's not much taller than uh, the waistline of Fuller. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I don't know if that was you call that Little Robert or Big Robert. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it Bob. How about that for, you know, just the you know, middle I mean, ground? Uh, you know, I I heard the, the rumor that one time as a, somebody did get to see the, the, the whole shebang of Robert Fuller as, as much as they could see from space. <laughs> 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 
He's so stupid. <laughs> All right. Enough. That must have been an unwritten note. I'm sure it was. Enough, enough stud stable uh, jokes. So highlights of the rock hey, and roll. Did you have a contact with uh, Robert Fuller? We need to get this idiot on, on our show. No, uh, <laughs> calling him an idiot is probably not the way to get him. <laughs> uh, no, but we, we might be able to get Brian Lee. That would be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely make okay, I the rest of my life. Okay, so we get the um, the highlights from last week, and then they interview the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> well, they interview Ricky Morton. Gibson mumbles his six usual words, and um, then Morton, in his iconic words, "There's a whole lot we can do to get you off." And I I don't know why he says it the way he says it, but that's exactly how he says a sentence in there. Well, you saw the lady in the last episode. They can walk into the arena and get them off. It's just a boom. True. Yeah. I mean, we we haven't had that. Uh, they haven't been using the tagline very much lately, but uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling exploding all over you. <laughs> oh. And finally, match number match number three is the uh, the Batten twins against the Stud Stable, and uh, Batten's basically jobber to the stars match here. Um, I like the Battens for what they are. You're not they're not going to beat the Stud Stable. So now there's a kid in the front row in this match that I noticed. He's got a towel around his neck. I'm I'm wondering. I'm. The only people we see with that kind of towel around their neck is the uh, is the stud stable. So is is this twelve year old kid a fan of the stud stable or? Well, no way. You know what? Ronnie Garvin keeps the towel around his neck. Maybe he's a fan of the the rugged one himself. I don't know. It's just weird that there's a kid with a towel around his neck in the front row. And it was hiding the poison ivy. <laughs> okay, all four men was in the ring here. Uh, and the ref puts one of the battens out. Robert Fuller comes off the top rope with a double axe handle from behind. And Golden gets the pin. And, I mean, it was just a double axe handle. Yeah, Unless he pretty, caught him with pretty, his package. Okay, you know what happened? He caught him with his package on the way down. And that's what crumpled the batten. <laughs> He's probably like, oh, shit. Just I, better, I, better, I better get the he crippled freak him out of here. <laughs> but, I mean... Is it just me, or ever since Sid Vicious, every time you see a big guy like that climb up and come off the top or off the top or second <laughs> rope, you're like, "Oh God, don't break, don't break!" Yeah, snap their leg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a memory well, I'll not get out of my mind ever. And thank you for putting it back in there right before. Uh, well, at least he had a boot on his on his leg. Oh, it would have been even worse. Jesus. Yeah. So uh, that's how we end this episode, though. I mean. They they go ahead and shoot the the good angle with the bodies and the um, the fantastics early. I don't know why that match had to be. I th- th- see, and that's something else that's a little bit strange to me. You don't have to have awesome TV main events, but that you you might think, well, you want to send the fans home, which that's probably not the last episode from this um, venue, so it really wouldn't have been the last thing the people saw anyway. But you, you, you end this episode with the stud stable squash over the Battens, 
Why don't you end the episode with the title change? That would make more sense. Who knows? I'm completely baffled sometimes by their booking. Sometimes it's a stroke of genius, and then sometimes you're sitting there going, what in the... I don't know. So that's uh, basically. Man, I, I kind of actually thought uh, the Batten twi- twins might win because Hitler was in the stands. He so. was. He was. We'll talk <laughs> about that. Okay. So uh, we're out of episode 31 and 32. We're heading. We're out of fire on the mountain. We're going to be heading into. Uh, man, I don't know if they have another technical big show coming up before their first Thanksgiving Thunder tour. So. Uh, I guess that's what we're headed towards. So we're kind of in this state of change where we're, you know, we're heading to Dirty White Boy against Tim Horner eventually, you can tell. Um, the Rock and Roll Express are heading towards the Heavenly Bodies. And uh, Brian Lee's heading towards the nearest exit trying to get away from the uh, assassination. So we're we're out of this episode, and <laughs> Justin, you 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 made it back with us this week. Uh, wh- where do you think? What do you think about where we're headed right now? I, I like it for the most part. I'm glad to be back. By the way, I mean it's a lot of fun for me. It really is, uh, and I'm glad to see what I, I'm glad to see see this promotion moving forward because um, you know I like the. Some of the past guys, like Rip Rogers, I kind of miss that guy. But I really can't can't wait to see who the hell's trying to kill Brian Lee. That's my biggest thing. <laughs> I mean, all I know is that uh, it doesn't matter who it is at this point. You're their biggest fan. <laughs> you're damn right, uh, Andy. Uh, we're, we're, we've we've hit two more episodes. We're out of the fire on the mountain. What do you think? What are you thinking? <laughs> I'm just waiting for the big reveal. That way we'll have video of Justin dancing in the aisle way as he comes out. <laughs> Is my video on? Shit. <laughs> I, better, I better start looking no, for No, that. but when yeah. uh, when we have the reveal, we need to we need to have it on video for re- recording. Yeah, that's we true. Need, we, should, we should. You're right. That, that's what we need to do one time. Take a short, Take one of the short shows and just like cut out the audio and watch it at the same time. And do commentary. That's possible. We could uh, we could definitely do that because uh, when I watch Brian Lee die. Well, I mean, it would definitely be entertaining for you. <laughs> yes. Not really. I, I gotta say, I really don't hope he dies, but it just goes away. That's all. Yeah. Well, it eventually happens, but his character will get far more interesting sooner than later. So you do have. Well, can no, it can. can can only go up from here. My God, it's so bad now. True. It can only go up. I mean, for God's sake. I'll anyway. give you that. I'll give you that. All right, so we'll do our end of the show. It's so, shitty. It's so shitty right now. <laughs> Which Brian Lee will not be a part of. Um, the match of the week this week, I could guys. care less. <laughs> match of the week, uh, the um, got to be the title change. I mean, we didn't really have a lot to choose from. So, uh, title change. We all good with that? Yeah. All right. Um, interview of the week. Ta- which title change? Oh, the cam- uh, tag teams? No, that's the only ones that changed hands on the TV tape. Yeah, it was all right. Oh, whatever. Well, I mean, there wasn't really much to choose from. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, right. 
Um, interview of the week. Uh, what did we decide on interview of the week? Uh, Andy, what was interview of the week? I, I, I don't know. We didn't decide. Okay. No, uh, I don't think we did. How about um, the down and dirty with Dutch with Cornette? That was that was pretty good. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Because they were, they were, that's all it was, was mostly interviews and flashbacks. So, I mean, there were so many good ones to pick from. He was swimming in the money. That, uh, yeah. Put it over the top. Soundbite of the week. Uh, let's play it for you for your listening pleasure right now. But you're telling me that you want to pile drive me and cripple me. And it's very obvious by the way you wrestle that he wants to pile drive me. Well, the pile driver is the most. Da- okay. So, <laughs> Garvin. It's, I, uh, guess he, I guess he broke it off. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if he's wanting to be pile, he's final if, testing. If, he's, if he's thinking that he's going to be crippled by the pile driver, then I, I would think that he's probably fighting Robert Ford. Spinal. <laughs> Spinal. <laughs> good Lord. Okay, so uh, fashion statement of the week, we'll give it to Robbie Eagle for good God almighty at his outfit. <laughs> we'll upload that. Uh, fan of the week, uh, we'll upload that also. Let's just call the guy um, uh, Plaid Hitler. There's a guy that uh, that resembles Hitler in the second second or third row of these tapings, and you will see him on the video on the uh, on the picture for the post. Yeah, it, which makes no sense. Why would you want to look like the biggest pe- one of the biggest pieces of shit? In, in world history. Uh, why would you want to be dressed with the swastika and wrestle? Well, you know, that's a good Well, I mean, think too. about it. First, you have the stormtrooper show up. You know, he's probably just Brian Lee's blonde-headed. You know, that's, you know, so, you know, I don't know. That, it, actually, that might have been the guy that dressed up. You know, he might have been the stormtrooper. Yeah, who the hell? The who guy, the hell knows? He's the guy stalking Brian Lee. It's actually the stormtrooper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, make, it would make sense. Adolf Hitler. I mean, oh Lord, have mercy! Why wouldn't it be? Um, was that all the awards for the for the love of God? Um, did we hit them all? Line of the night, uh, interview soundbite. Yes, sir. Fashion statement uh, and fan. Yes, we've we've got them all. So there, we're out of that. Okay, so I don't. We're gonna do two or three episodes the next time. I'll have to look and see kind of how it falls more on Smoky Mountain TV before we get out of here tonight. Andy, uh, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap this one up? I'm just happy to be here, and I think Brian Lee is a wonderful asset to the organization. Okay, so now I'm gonna be uh, with my hand on the mute button. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I was doing a countdown: three, two, one. (laughs) No seven-second delay on this show, so Justin, uh, take us out. <laughs> no, you know it, it's re- it really is good to be back. Like I said before, it, it's it's um it's fun. Love to talk about this stuff. Yeah, I mean I know and, and make fun of these idiots. Yeah, and and the thing is, you know, people, if you're listening to us, we actually like this stuff. We're not just we're not just we we nitpick, but we're nitpicking because we we like it. I mean. At the end of the day, I like Robert Gibson. I, I might pick on him a whole lot, but I like Robert oh, I Gibson. Know about, not me. Uh, now, now the, the Justin does not like Brian Lee. There is no <laughs> ifs, ands, or buts yeah. about it. That is pure hatred, and uh, we'll we'll leave that alone. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this, that's not an act he's putting on people. This this is pure 
utter hatred. Yeah, I've I mean, not seen this much hate in a long time. I mean, Andy Andy doesn't actually hate I, I sent that fucking letter. <laughs> <laughs> he went back in time just to change the whole outcome of all this crap, just so he could put a bounty out on Brian Lee. And then when oh, we actually oh. see Brian Lee die in episode number 35 or 36... We're going to know what happened. Oh. Like, whoa, wait. Oh, That's where Justin was at that, that missing week. He took a trip back in time. Oh, butterfly effect. Here we come. Uh, bless his heart. All right. So um, please uh, listen to our show. If you listen to our show, continue to do so. We try to have fun with this. We're going to go through the whole Smoky Mountain thing. I mean, we got a long way to go, but uh, 32 episodes in, where you've, we've got uh, we got we got a little piece of it down. We're going to try to do two or three more here in the next couple of weeks. So look for another show. Uh, what are we? Uh, middle of June. Well, we'll try to get another show out by the end of the month. So um, listen to our show here on the uh, on SoundCloud.com, uh, the PWOPTBN Podcast Network. We. We thank them for having us as one of our, as one of their shows because they got a lot of good stuff going on. Place to be nation.com. Our shows are there. ProWrestlingOnly.com, the message boards under the uh, publications and podcasts. I usually do an accompaniment piece where I put the pictures up on that. And if you have any feedback, you can always hit us up there and tell us what you like, what you don't like. If, uh, if there's something you don't like, just let us know. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to change it, but shit, just let us know. Well, we take all we take all inquiries under advice. There ain't, there ain't no way. This is this is great stuff. So, um, but yes, we appreciate all the the people that do listen because we have a fun we have fun with the show, and we're going to keep plugging at it. And and by God, before you know it, we're going to be up to 1995 and and saying, what are we going to do next? And and I think I know what we're going to do after we get down Smoky Mountain. If we if we make it through this gauntlet, we're going to head straight on down into Continental. Uh, a couple oh. of years earlier, we're gonna we're gonna try to find some tapes and and head back on into the Continental Territory. And and then Justin can see by God, Danny Davis was a, a hell of a hill. <laughs> I was thinking roller derby, but okay. Oh, roller derby too. Yeah, the the uh, what is That's what awesome. the T Birds and. Uh, Little Ralphie uh, Valadares, my God! Yes, <laughs> he, they called him Little Ralphie, and uh, he had never met Big Robert. <laughs> Is Brian Lee's funeral in that one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, we might. <laughs> we'll have to see. I think T. The uh, roller derby preceded Smoky Mountain, oh, so uh, it's probably not. But don't, don't worry, he gets buried eventually. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. So for Andy Waddell and for Justin Angel, I'm Ricky Wittenberg saying another fire in the mountains in the books. The tears fill my eyes, but I found out she. Was-